0: Christmas Eve. I'm Jonathan Twigg. This evening, St. David's Cathedral, built in 1181 on that of St. David's 6th century monastic settlement, will be hosting Midnight Mass, the service starting at 11 p.m. With the first Eucharist of Christmas, worshippers to the Cathedral can wonder at the beautiful oak and painted ceilings, its extraordinary sloping floors, and wonderful restored cloisters, which contributes to its special character allowing the Christmas message to be heard from Bishop Joanna Presbury. A good news story to share with everyone on Christmas Eve has been around four-year-old Bay Austin from Hook, who was on his own in the house earlier this month when his pregnant mother Jess passed out from the side effects of morning sickness medication. The quick-thinking youngster used Siri to dial 999 and told the operator, my mummy's sick, that he was four years of age and was alone with her. It was a proud moment for mum when he received a bravery award for his quick thinking, as call handler Ashley Page talked Beau through how to keep his mum conscious. Mrs Austin has made a full recovery thanks to her son's knowledge of technology, awareness of his address, and staying calm to enjoy the Yuletide festivities with his family. Christmas is a time of saying thank you to others for what they have done for you and your family, but for Sarah and James Griffiths from Johnson, it meant a bit more this year as they featured in the Christmas Appeal video of Haven's Children Hospice near Cardiff. Whilst many enjoy the company of close relatives, the hospice's doors never close to the families that need it most, as Christmas is just another day of medical routine. The Griffiths' two daughters, Molly and Emily, have both been diagnosed with Rett Syndrome, a rare condition that affects the development of the brain, and they attend Haven over the Christmas break allowing them to enjoy the nice things like opening presents, singing Christmas songs and watching Christmas films with their children, as the staff do all the hard stuff like medication, feeding and changing, which meant the family were at the forefront of this year's Tea Haven Christmas Appeal to say thank you. More information on the appeal can be found at thaven.org forward slash Christmas. In local sport, Narbeth emerged 32-13 victors in their WRU championship game at the Lewis Lloyd ground on Saturday against Newcastle Emlyn. Skipper Stephen Phillips marked his 250th appearance for the Otters, with one of four tries, alongside scrum half Rhys Lane, winger Yannick Parker and hooker Rodry Owens, with Nick Gale contributing 12 points with his boot. Haverford West County lifted themselves to second place in Welsh League Division 1, with a comfortable 3-0 victory at Old Road against Britain for Skipper Sean Pemberton scored for the Bluebirds... ...alongside striker Dan Williams and Ben Fawcett... ...although manager Wayne Jones saw teenage centre-half Alaric Jones... ...and new signing Kaib Mohammed limp off in the first half... ...which will cause him some concern ahead of their next match on Friday evening... ...and relegation-threatened Tom Pentra. I'm Jonathan Twigg... ...and you're up to date with the local Pemberton News... ...here on Pure West Radio on Christmas Eve... ...and I leave you with a final message from Councillor Sue Murray... Mayor of Haverfordwest
1: As one of the major town councils in Pembrokeshire I would like to wish everyone in Haverfordwest and Pembrokeshire a very merry christmas and happy new year As a council in 2018 we have been really active and we also support individuals and organisations by giving grants and anyone is welcome to apply via the town council We have a programme of events for 2019 and we'll also be holding our festival week and carnival again So your support would be greatly appreciated I appreciate very much the dedication of staff at Withy Bush Hospital and our emergency support workers in these difficult
2: times. And we also, as a council, we appreciate everyone's effort and commitment to retaining our services. As we approach Christmas tomorrow, I wish you all the very best and look forward to 2019 and engaging with everyone.
3: not as strange <laughs> as the bloody west files tonight i tell you whatever whatever the gremlin, whatever was, the gremlin was doing it can stop doing it right now yes because it's christmas eve yes and we're live okay. oh hang on let's okay. try, before we well, let's give him an update what are you doing you stupid phone right let's see where he is
4: oh where is he yeah
3: let's find out all right where's the big guy He's in South Sudan.
4: Oh, there you go.
3: There we are. So, um, and he will arrive in Pembrokeshire in four and one half hours. So, you better all get to sleep. Please. So, we've got plenty of time to do the Falls, And tonight, we're going to do some ghost stories for yeah. Christmas. Hey, wasn't there a bit of controversy earlier today? Did one? one of the presenters swear? <gasps> yes. Did they say shit on the radio? They said shit on the radio. We can say shit as many yeah. times as you like because we're after nine o'clock. Anyway, it but is Christmas. I still love you, Stephanie. It no is. Did she say shit on she the radio? She said shit on the radio. <coughs> yeah. Terrible, terrible. Time. <laughs> Let's have some Christmas music and then we'll do some storytelling because Why not? it's the great tradition of Christmas.
1: Which I've only just found out. About.
3: Yeah, the Christmas ghost story, mm. and we on the West Files aim to uphold that tradition. Of course. And we won't say shit anymore. No. Shit.
4: <laughs> 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 we did say. Oh, my love. Me.
3: Sing that well, Freddie Mercury. Oh, the Queen, the Queen, oh, the, queen. The, queen. the Queen, the one alone. and only. Uh, and we have a guest with us tonight in the <laughs> studio, um, respected local author, yes. and um, a strange smell of insects,
5: mm. um, Dr. Gavin Lee Davis, ladies mm. and gentlemen. Couple of points there, uh, <laughs> I don't feel respected, I'm not a qualified doctor you anymore, are. not since the inquiry. <laughs> <laughs> And I do smell of incense. Oh, not insects, as Steve thought. <laughs> I was close. And Most in no of the way, the same. Shape, of the same. shape or form, am I going to say shit? I <laughs> <Okay. laughs> like it. I'm not, like it. it's not that kind of show. That would be very bad. That would be bad. terrible, yeah. yeah. You
3: wouldn't do something like I that. I wouldn't, because
5: no, I, it's no, wrong. we never get a sponsor on the West no. Should we just find out where the big guy is? Yeah. What, Toby Ellis? <laughs> He's <Hey>. in the <laughs> south of Sudan. He's going to be entering Pembrokeshire. <laughs> He's going to be in the Eddies, wouldn't he? Eddie. Well, with the venga boys uh,
3: well, to say thank you where is he oh if you listen to the show in uganda get to sleep quick yeah he's on, his way. he's on his way do you know what um
5: this tradition of storytelling i mean you're the author um writer of books yeah i've written a couple of books now haunted horror of half west is my plug for my favorite
3: ghost socks <laughs> yeah <go> ghost <laughs> <Go> socks,
5: socks. <laughs> um Go socks the go violation. Socks. It was Go Sex, the violation. Yeah, I prefer, not, I prefer yeah. And thank you to everyone who entered the competition last show. I have another competition tonight. It's a bit complicated, this one. I'm, I do apologise. I'm going to ask a question later on in the show. And you can go to Sixth Books on Facebook. And there's a link on Pembrokeshire Beyond or the Paranormal Chronicles uh, group page. And there's four answers. Select your answer. And then all the, all the correct answers will be put into a hat. And you will win a three copy signed with shipping of haunted on, we'll back horror back of, of haverford west. west we're looking for the hat we got no hat no, we, we haven't got, no got a hat, hat. we got, got a sock got a sock bin will do yeah got a, but go, We've got a shoe Go sock anyway anyway
3: <clears <clears <throat> this i mean a lot of people and i know ronaldo sitting alongside mm. me believe the same thing that Halloween is the sto- season for ghost stories. Yeah. In actual fact, that's completely not true. It's know, Christmas. And now. it goes way back to the Tudor period and beyond when people would gather around the fire and tell mm. stories. Many of them were uh, anecdotal or apocryphal tales, but what, ghost- what? ghostly related. Po- I can't even say that. Apocryphal. Yeah, what's that mean? No idea. Why it just sounds clever. It? it sounds clever. It's a beautiful word. To be so lyrical. Yeah. Lyrical? He's no, got a beautiful crazy. voice. So I thought we would, because BBC, BBC <laughs> Four, I've got a ghost story on. So you, yes. know, you can always listen on the podcast if you want to go watch that one on BBC Four. Yeah. Don't you
5: dare. No, because you won't be able to win And the BBC copy. Four won't say shit either. No. BBC Four will? Radio Four will. Really? Yeah, they say mm. it's terrible, it's terrible. They've thing. got their standards at low. Oh, no. i Last time I was on your wonderful show, there was two ladies here. Uh Amelia and I can't pronounce her name it's like Sicily Sicily and they were having the ghost stories event and, have a Herb, yes. and I went oh you went and it was amazing honest to god it was absolutely superb it was such a pleasure it was so atmospheric the girls did such a wonderful uh, job and they actually explained why and it's exactly what Steve said it was it was one of these things a tradition and Let's be honest there was nothing else to do they didn't have Netflix
3: that's true
5: that's why they had so many kids back then, wasn't it? Well, yeah. well and did also Netflix. a few
3: spare because <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the death rate.
5: So I thought we'd kick off the storytelling
3: because yeah. um, we've been running um, this 1950s r- a f- rewind the clock. A, a few years ago, I managed to acquire a set of radio scripts, completed radio scripts. We never found out the station, but it's clear from the style, um, the writing, that these are from the great era of... Uh, American AM broadcasting the 40s and 50s and we've never found out if they've ever been broadcast um, if they have which station or who wrote them they're not signed in any way but they're absolutely complete Mm. so we gave them to a master broadcaster guy who works for the BBC the lovely Welsh accent
4: the amazing
3: and um, they were called the teller of curious tales and we've been running the teller of Mm. curious tales since the show started And uh, I thought because several of the early episodes were missed because Mm. of the podcast problems. I wasn't here either. And you weren't here Mm. either. That we would start off tonight the storytelling episode with episode one of The Teller of Of Curious Tales.
2: Tonight, for the first time, I, the Teller of Curious Tales, open my book and bring you strange and unusual stories, true stories, stranger than any fiction ever written. Tonight, the ghastly table at the Pity Palace. Listen to me, the Teller of Curious Tales. One morning, about 85 years ago, a Florentino physician named Giuseppe Sagato sent to the Grand Duke of Tuscan an object that looked like an oval tabletop. It seemed to be made of some hitherto undiscovered but indescribably lovely stone. The graining was superb, the colouring perfect, and it took a polish like onyx. The Grand Duke, an authority on fine stones, had never seen anything quite like it so he sent for Dr Segato to question him about it. The Doctor arrived at the Ducal Palace and after hearing the Duke's praise told him the nature of the material used to make the tabletop. Segato had discovered a method of petrifying human bodies and the tabletop was an example of his discovery. It had been made from parts of various bodies, human loins, kidneys, livers, spleen, muscles and skin. And the whole blended into this strange, fine-grained, stone-like substance. The Duke was amazed, but pleased and offered to buy the secret if Sagato would personally show him his process for turning human remains into exquisite stone. Sagato agreed, but while negotiations were in progress, the doctor suddenly died and the secret died with him. This tabletop is mounted on a wooden base and can be seen at the Pitti Palace in Florence, Italy. This piece of petrified human flesh has been the inspiration for innumerable mystery plays and horror stories. It's probably just as well the secret died with sigato for who knows what such a formula might lead to. Instead of burying Aunt Minnie, her bereaved relatives could have her made into a birdbath or cut into tiles for the bathroom. The gong strikes. My time is up. On my next visit, I'll bring you other stories. Curious tales, strange beliefs. The teller of curious tales has closed his book and about to go on his way. I'll be back again on Ghost Chronicles International with more strange stories. Yep. Where's his
4: giggle gone? (laughs)
2: <laughs> Are you happy now? Yes
3: Why don't we cut the end off Because the original recordings were made for my other radio show matter I still platform. wanted to
1: giggle I was You'd waiting the whole thing for that Just for his giggle Just
3: cuddle up against the freezer Not quite the same It is a very sexy drying. giggle It is, yeah, it is yeah, a yeah, very sexy right. giggle yes. And as soon as it finishes I like, Move the slider the other way And Because um, we don't want to make any mistakes About leaving the sliders in the wrong places, do we?
4: No
5: <laughs> It's Do a Tinder we? giggle.
3: Is it? Are you on Tinder?
5: No. I'm no. sorry, Matt.
3: Right, before we introduce our next story, which isn't the Teller of Curious I just want to find out where he is. Oh,
4: yeah.
1: Yeah, that's fine. I'm
3: getting as excited as the kids now. Oh, where no, is it's he? It's good, isn't it? Um, uh, he's there. He's in... I've got to zoom in now. Shut up. He's in... Oh. Yep. If you're in the Democratic... DRC, the Democratic Republic of Congo, get to bed. He's on your roof. Do they celebrate Christmas there? Eh? I don't know. They do now. Well, it's yeah, because Santa's there. Yeah. So, obviously, they must do. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Unless you just do a flyby. It could be. Could be a drone. <laughs> <laughs> um, who wants to up with the next story? Um, should I throw it across the table to Gavin?
5: If you want to, substitute. Seven. So that's about... No, it's probably a bit older older than that. My next one, Neighbour, used to tell ghost stories. And that's where a lot of my stuff comes from. So a lot of my stories you hear about things like the Owlman and a lot of stuff in clay lanes was from the people in my street. And they used to tell me, and it got passed on that way. So they might have all been having a laugh with me. Who knows? But this one is a very famous one, which I think most towns have. And it's the Phantom Hitchhiker of Clay Lanes. Shall I do a little
4: giggle? Yeah.
5: <laughs> not sexy. Not sexy, no, no, is no. it? No, that's my grinder giggle. Yeah. So...
4: <laughs> I'm
5: not, I'm <laughs> no, let's not go there. It's going to kill the atmosphere. So, there was... In the early 80s, there was a black taxi company. I won't say who they are, just in case I was misinformed. But there was a black taxi company. And one New Year's Eve, they drove down clay lanes on New Year's Eve. And it was just after midnight. So it would be been New Year's Day, technically. And at the top, just before you get to the top of the hill, that goes down to Little Hamlet, there's a, there's a gate, a gated area going into a field. There's there was a young lady stood there. And she had a pair of shorts on and, like, a, a vest top, a big rucksack. Um, hiking hiking boots and her f- hair was all matte to her face and she was terribly unprepared for the Pembrokeshire cold new year weather it was raining very similar to tonight. Miserable day. Miserable miserable night so he felt a bit sorry for her so he picked her up he stopped and he wound down his window and he said are you all right and she didn't answer him so he said get in I'll give you lift to the top of town so she got into the back of the car and her teeth were chattering and she was wet and her boots muddy. So he got, she was in the car and he drove off. And as he went down the hill and passed all the wicks at the top, he thought, he better ask, where does she want to go? Did she want to get off and walk down Union Hill back into Halford West? Or did she want to go to the top of the town, towards the Winch Lane area? And he was asking, you know, everything OK? You know, you're going to a party. Have you got friends? Have you had a row with your boyfriend? Just stuff of that nature. But she never answered him. And he looked in the back mirror and there she was sat chattering away hair matted rain dripping off her and then he stopped and he turned around to say where would she like to get off and guess what she'd gone and she'd vanished and it was the phantom hitchhiker of clay lanes now nobody knows who this girl is now a long long time later i was in clay lanes with a lady who claimed to have abilities and gifts and she said as you go into clay lanes, you come past that gate and you go down and there's a dip. Most people who are worried by clay lanes know the dip because it gets very cold and very dark. And I've got lots and lots of stories of clay lanes, lots of reports. Some people seem to be more susceptible and some people can walk it all the time and feel nothing. But the people who are susceptible feel this dread, this cold, just entrench on them. And this medium said, there's a girl buried on this road. And she's still here and she needs to be exhumed. She needs to be buried back home but nobody knows who she is. We don't know if she's from our time or she's from like the ruins time, the house and ruins time, house and house times. We, nobody knows. So t- this Christmas, going into New Year, when you're driving clay lanes, if you do see a girl stood by that gate, ask yourself, do you want to give her a lift or not? If you're lonely, maybe pick her up. But who knows who you're actually taking home with you? Ooh. That was spooky. That was a bit, wasn't it? Have fun. you heard that one? I have, actually. Yeah, it's a common one. I think most towns mm. and Clay
3: Lane's has got um, a whole wealth of stories. It's quite a reputation. I know um, Pembrokeshire Beyond have uh, collected many and have put many on their website,
5: which is... The what web, web address for Pembrokeshire oh, Pembroke should be on. I don't really do much of that at the moment. Well, just get I, the web address out. I've got yeah, it's, it's, it's pembrokeshirebeyond.com, <sighs> but it's, it's kind of just a, a feeder site at the moment for the chronicles.com. But in the new year, which I will probably come back on the show and talk about, Steve, what I was thinking of doing is maybe we could use Pembrokeshire Beyond Facebook page and the website and the Twitter accounts and all for all of us in Pembrokeshire. Maybe. We could all use it as a hub call it claylanes.com claylanes.com, <laughs> claylanes.com. claylanes.cotton
3: <laughs> yeah. well known for its haunted um well <laughs> uh,
5: mm-hmm. monks, monks mainly well, yeah. i had an email from a family that claimed I I had an, e- an email from a monk then <laughs> from a monk <laughs> yeah, he's it's terrible habit yeah. he he um a family they they emailed me a couple of years ago very very they were on holiday and they claimed they saw a shadowy specter of a monk cross the road but in my research I have not come across a monk in clay lanes so there's obviously Union Hill mm-hmm. and the one oh, we infested in the with them here they were loads yeah. you know they're everywhere including outside this building outside this building because so there's two monks there's an Augustinian monk in grey that goes down Union Hill across the rifleman's field and then there's one in Bran which comes from St Mary's goes down the high street because the friars believe it or not was a place where they used to make ale and honey and mead and stuff like that. And the friars actually used to work there. So maybe we are watching a time slip of these monks just making their way home. Well, I've got some ghost stories that you may not, may not have heard.
3: Oh. Please tell me if you do. Um, and it relates to uh, Merlin's Bridge and Clay Lane because it becomes St Issell's Avenue. Um, That's where I live. An ordinary, somewhat narrow street of modern, uniformly built houses. Leading onto Pembroke Road, not very far from where I live. <laughs> and to the right, uh, down the hill a bit under the bridge, um, is, uh, of course, the Golden Arches fast food restaurant. Yes. Many yes. Pe- many people think that this part of Haverford West, that part Merlin's Bridge, derives its name from some association with the great wizard Merlin, um, mentor of King Arthur, but that actually isn't the case because it, it's actually a corruption of Magdalen after Mary Magdalene, the patron of the medieval leper hospital that was situated mm. um, opposite the Golden Arches roundabout. Um, where stands today? A single lonely house, which I think is up for sale. Very tempted, right, yeah. very, very tempted. And that's actually the former site of the Magdalene leper hospital, which was built sometime before 1246, when it's first mentioned in the records of King Henry III. And the building was by the time of the dissolution of the monasteries listed as being owned by the Priory of Haverford West because in medieval wales leprosy was a much feared illness and it was common practice to build leper hospitals on the edge of the town to prevent contagion Ooh. yeah knowledge of medicine was quite basic and it's likely that many people had other skin conditions quite unrelated to leprosy just like plain old scurvy i yeah. suppose mm. and, um, which meant that they were also flung into these hospitals <laughs> abandoned by their families and shunned by the community um next to the leper hospital there was a chapel and presumably it had an associated burial ground because you buried these unfortunate souls, again, pretty much where they died, in the leper hospital grounds, the chapel. Um, And Magdalene was quite often corrupted into Magdalene. We have Magdalene Mm. College, Magdalene College. And in 1738, the area around the hospital, the area around Merlin's Bridge, was actually referred to as Magdalene's Bridge and Magdalene Hill. Uh, Over this time, it the name has been corrupted still more and it's now become the place we know it there is actually no known ghosts associated surprisingly with the leper hospital that once stood just across that busy roundabout that's quite strange but but, ah. uh-huh. I know of two accounts first hand accounts from the area the first is comes from a litter picker employed by a well known restaurant chain that mm. has golden arches Uh, to walk the pavements around the area, picking up the happy remains of meals and fast food that I believe gets its name from the speed at which the car is driving when the rappers come flying out the car window. (laughs) (laughs) Fast food, isn't it? Yeah. During a Saturday morning shift in November 2012, the litter picker was collecting the litter. It was cold and it had been raining earlier, but the air was still and Freeman's way was quiet. As she walked along back towards the roundabouts... um, she became aware of the sound of footsteps behind it. Uh, sorry. Uh, they were moving quickly and seemed to be getting nearer and louder. Mm. Expecting to be passed by some early morning jogger, presumably dressed in lycra, <laughs> uh, she looked around but saw nobody. She stopped and lowered the h- the hood on her jacket to look around convinced that she had heard someone approaching but the pavements both sides of the road were empty well there wouldn't be any cyclists would there? they don't no. use a cycle yeah mm-hmm. no. uh, there was one single car coming down freeman's way towards the roundabout but no sign of anyone else she shrugged rationalizing that perhaps she had heard an animal there were in fact horses in the fields further along or perhaps it was just somebody running in the cheese factory or one of the adjacent roads, the noise carrying on the still quiet morning air. She began to continue to walk, she continued to walk, collecting up the few remaining paper cups and cartons, and as she drew alongside the gardens of that single house, she once again heard the footsteps. This time, they seemed clearer, but nearer. They were not running, but it did sound like somebody walking quickly along. She stopped and looked around again. Nothing just a couple of cars waiting to enter the roundabout from Dredgeman's Hill but nobody near she raised her litter picker as a weapon for self defence and beat a swift retreat over the roundabout for a cigarette and the safety of the restaurant. The following day she was once again allocated turned here for two pages didn't write me notes
5: <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> oh, and this and is what a cliffhanger and
3: stared blankly at this page when he goes back to that one um, and, although nervous, she completed the task without any further incident. Uh, when I spoke to her, uh, I asked if any others had experienced similar things on that stretch of road, and she replied that some of her staff had said that at night they didn't like the area, but they she wasn't aware of anything. The second account I've got also comes from Merlin, Merlin's Bridge, this time from across the road near the former post office. In May 2017, just after 7am, A driver turning into Pembroke Road from Freeman's Way on his way to work had to break suddenly as a small child ran out in front of him from the pavement on his left hand side. He hit his horn and began to curse aloud when he suddenly realised that the child wasn't anywhere to be seen. Confused by the experience he looked around expecting to see the kid somewhere nearby but nothing. The child had apparently vanished into thin air. Either that or it was, in fact, the fastest-running child in Wales. <laughs> so quickly had the child disappear that he even anxiously got out and glanced beneath his car, fearing that the kid may have gone underneath his wheels. When I spoke to him and asked him to describe the child, he replied that the only thing that the whole thing, the whole episode, only took three, two or three seconds. So he only caught a glimpse of the child, who he thought was a little girl. But in the short time he glimpsed the child he couldn't be absolutely certain it was a little girl but got the impression of the child was wearing a dress or perhaps a knee length coat the dress or coat was light blue and the child appeared to be carrying something he did remember that as he drew to a halt and sounded his horn the child seemed absolutely oblivious to him oh. Oh. so have you come across either of those before?
5: No I, I love those ones like because I I got um I showed you a photograph the other day, didn't I? Because I asked you was that the old leper house and you said no. And there was that very strange thing in the window. Yes. And on first, because of suggestion, when you first look at it, it looks like a leper. Mm -hmm. But then when you Starting, we got it's great these days. You don't need to send your photos off to Kodak or anything anymore. You can just use the filters yeah, and lightning and like, and and you, and, with your and you can you can see that it was it, it was something very strange, but it wasn't a leper I haven't heard those stories, but it reminds me of the uh the boy, the hitchhiker at Newgale, the one who runs from the wall across the front of cars, and that right. has been going on mm-hmm. for years. I mean, like twenty, twenty five, thirty years, maybe longer, and. I think that if two things are happening, right? Either one, it's like some time slip replaying. Or the fact, if you get killed by a car, it's quite a, a sudden impact. And that maybe that's why the spirits don't seem to move on. Possibly. Uh, I'm going to go I'll, for the first one. We're not here to question tonight, would you? No, no. No. We're
3: just, we're just here to tell stories. I'm but we've people. also got to remember that it is Christmas Eve. Yes. We need to check the Santa tracker and play some music. Yes. So let's first of all... Find out where Santa, Santa is. He's in Congo, isn't he? He's he it. was. He's not. He's not. He's gone f- some Morocco. Gone Wales, so- you in Morocco yet? Come on. The trackers. Oh, hang on a minute. Are you in, um, in Maputo, Johannesburg, Pretoria, Durban? Get to bed. Go to bed. Go to bed. And he's due here in three and a half hours. Oh. Do you know uh, some stats for you here? Currently today, he's delivered. Blimey. Well, he's gone up, actually. 4,211,392,000... He's delivered an awful lot of presents. Yeah, he has (laughs) travelled so far. Um, 176,869 kilometres.
5: How much coal has he delivered as well? I don't know
3: I bet there's no. reindeer but he's covered. currently down under in they don't the get tired
5: they're whizzing magic whizzing around in South oh, Africa
4: true, but I mean
1: they're magic wanna,
5: aren't they yeah
4: but they must want to rest at
1: some point yeah, no
5: they're magic they don't care as long as they get their carrot make sure you leave a carrot out make sure out you leave the
4: carrots
1: out
5: and some yeah. brandy they like some brandy just in case and Mint spice it, actually it's yeah. quite apt he's in Africa
3: because yeah. <laughs>
2: Christmas time
1: There's no need to be afraid At Christmas time We let in
4: light And we banish shame And in our world I've planted We can spread a smile of joy Throw your arms around
3: Well, they will do because <laughs> Father Christmas is currently in South and Africa. And you keep
4: giving us updates so we know exactly where he is. We don't
3: need to check on him for a while because no. we know roughly where he is. Yeah. Actually, do you know what? I think we should have an episode of The Teller of Curious Tales.
4: Only if you let me have his giggle
3: at oh, the you end. You can have his giggle at Thank the end. Thank you. Then. All right, then. I'll let you But I'm going to have to cut it off because he will say, "Then join me on next week's Ghost Chronicles. Inter- as long as you let me have the, the first, giggle. The first eight episodes as were only recorded for care. Ghost Chronicles. I want my giggle.
5: All right. Calm down. No, it's Christmas. It Should be nice. Calm. I am being the way you're nice. carrying on. Father Christmas will cheers. not be visiting no. you tonight. I've already been You'll told. You'll get that a sack one. of shit. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it no! slipped out. <laughs> anyway, ladies and gentlefolk, uh, while we track Santa yes. and get up to date, we're, we're going to uh, check in with the teller of curious Ooh, tales. Really? This is episode two, Ooh. as recorded originally for Ghost Chronicles International, but we'll forgive that <laughs>
2: Tonight, I, the teller of curious tales, open my book once again and bring you strange and unusual stories, true stories stranger than any fiction ever written. Tonight, the plague. Listen to the Teller of Curious Tales. During the Middle Ages, and even up to comparatively recent times, The dread cry of plague, plague ran through the cities and every human being who could possibly do so packed his belongings and fled. Of those who remained, one out of every four died and only the rich who fled could find sanctuary in the country. For the villages and the farms were closed to the poor and many of them died from exposure and starvation in barns and by the road. Only one member of the government remained in London during the Great Plague of 1665. The King and the rest of the court fled. Even the doctors deserted, leaving only the apothecaries to dose the victims and soothe their dying moments. As the plague spread, panic seized the people and as the weeks passed without any lessening of the death rate they became resigned to their fate feeling that no sooner or later they too would sicken and die no one believed that London would survive with anyone still alive all day and all night the dead cards roamed the city the drivers cried: bring out your dead Bring out your dead. Never stop ringing through the streets. Houses containing plague victims had their doors marked with large red crosses and watchmen were everywhere to see that no one went out or entered. When a victim died, his or her body was thrown naked into the cart to be dumped into enormous pits outside the city Their clothes were saved only to infect new victims Sometimes the drivers of the dead carts were stricken A number of them were found dead by the roadside their horses having run away spilling the dead over the highway There were many cases of unselfish heroism and also of abysmal cowardice Thousands of people stole away in the night, leaving the infected numbers of their families to die alone and uncared for. Others stayed bravely to the end. One conspicuously brave act was performed by the population of a tiny Derbyshire village named Eam. Someone in London sent a villager a package containing clothes. Those who wore them came down with plague. The rector called a meeting of the whole town. He told the people that if they dispersed, most of them would be saved, but some of them would spread the disease throughout the countryside. But if they remained at home, a fourth of them would probably die, but they would save the neighboring towns and villages. Silently, unflinchingly, They stayed at home, sacrificing themselves so that the rest of Derbyshire might be saved. A few survived, a heroic reminder of a gallant band. Should bubonic plague break out in our midst today, we could only take steps to prevent its spread. But we would be just as helpless as those 17th century apothecaries to cure those ...who were stricken. The gong strikes. My time is up. On my next visit, I'll bring you other stories. Curious tales. Strange beliefs. The teller of curious tales has closed his book... ...and about to go on his way. I'll be back again on Ghost Chronicles International with more strange stories. Sleep tight.
3: You <laughs> feel <all> wobbly at I wobbly. Well there we are. Yeah. Yes. We were visited. We were visited. By an elf. It was an elf, yes. It was yeah. very big elf. It, it was a very elf. big elf. Very handsome and... Delivered Spartans. Yeah, and I got like
5: a painting.
3: Now, um, before we uh, continue with the storytelling
5: theme of the night, we have competition, so I'm going to hand you. You've got two minutes and Right, I'll make it quick. Okay, thank you to the people who've already voted. <laughs>
3: yeah. You haven't, though, no, you don't know what, what yeah.
5: the You don't know what the question is, is so you might <laughs> want to change your answer, okay? So it's a bit convoluted, okay? Go over to Sixth Books Facebook page, or Pembrokeshire Beyond, there's a link on there, or the Paranormal Chronicles group page, there's a link, okay? Uh, six books are the people who published Haunted Horror of Haverford West. They're lovely. So the question is, in Haunted Horror of Haverford West, what year did Diane Ann first purchase the property? Right, now you've got to think, how are we supposed to know if we haven't read the book? Well, if you go to Amazon.com, you go on to the Paranormal chronicles.com, it will tell you in the synopsis of the book, okay? So... Your options are, did Di and Anne purchase the Haunted Horror of Haverford West House in 1975, 1989, 2018, or 1992? So when did Di and Anne purchase the Haunted Horror of Haverford West House? Was it 1975, 1989, 2018, or 1992? Now the winner will get a... Copy of Haunted Horror of Hathard West signed ship. So if you're listening abroad in the Congo, you know, you're listening in the Congo, you're listening in Johannesburg, or some of my American friends, some of our hafford West friends, enter that, go to Sixth Books Facebook page. You've got to join the page. I'll accept you, vote, and then everyone who gets the correct answer, I'll put into a hat, which we now have. And I'll pick a winner. And you could win a copy of the best-selling Haunted Horror of Haverford West, written by yours truly, and it will frighten the life out of you. There we are. Thank you very much. There you go. So,
3: now you know how to enter that amazing competition and win a really good, best-selling, critically acclaimed book. Yes, and so... I can't be bad, can it? No. If they're really nice, can they have a photo? <laughs> if they live, if they live, if <laughs> they <laughs> live really locally, they might be able to get it in time for to wrap up. I have it in my visit. bag. There I have it are. in
4: my bag. Yeah. Oh, there you go. If you got it right and yeah. get your name drawn, we're still here. We're come not down. drawing it, though, are we? Huh? We're, no, we are not, not. But they, if they win it, and then well, they
5: always come down tomorrow morning. Yeah.
4: True. Yeah. I'll leave it here.
5: There we are. You can there read you it are. while you're on the toilet. Steph can read it while she's having her shift. <laughs> it had to come up, didn't it?
2: Oh, I did say yeah. shift, by the yeah. way. Staff, yeah, yeah, yeah,
5: staff's yeah. great, great singer. Yeah.
3: yeah. There we are then. Um, I think it's time for a quick check of the tracker, and then another episode of the Teller of Curious Tales, because oh, that's what it says on the computer. Right, is where, is where, is where is
1: he? Where is he? Where is he? Look!
3: Oh. Oh! oh the tracker crashed. God damn, no, You couldn't make this up Santa? Just make it up Isn't it
4: No We've yeah. got to know Where Santa is
3: He's in Libreville Where's that In Equatorial Guinea mm. In He's still in the Congo Actually But he's, he's in um, He's not in the DRC Oh I see hope he's got a mosquito yeah. yet. He might have right. Anyway Anyway um, Teller of Curious Tales Episode number three Ooh. And then after the news Ronaldo Has
5: a ghost story Has a ghost story For us all It's Watch actually it. a witch story but... You're going to do A cheeky little giggle At the end No
2: Tonight, I, the teller of curious tales, open my book once again and bring you strange and unusual stories, true stories stranger than any fiction ever written. Listen to the teller of curious tales. We like to believe that when the wheels of justice miscarry, perhaps an innocent person is being saved but in one of history's most celebrated cases, this wasn't so. It was proven beyond the shadow of doubt that John Lee of abbots Kerwell, England, had murdered his employer, Miss Keyes, by cutting her throat from ear to ear and then hacking her head with a hatchet. Like any other criminal, Lee was brought to trial, found guilty and sentenced to hang. On Monday morning, February the 23rd, 1886, he ate a frugal breakfast of bread and butter. It was the morning of his execution and he seemed so cheerful that the keeper who brought his food asked him the reason for his good nature. Lee said that he had had a dream the night before in which he walked through an unknown garden to the scaffold. As he stood there, The hood had been placed over his head. The belt was drawn, but the trap refused to work. Lee was convinced that his dream was a good omen, even though the keeper scoffed at it. At eight o'clock, as the prison bell began its doleful ringing, the hangman came into Lee's cell and quickly tied his arms. A procession was formed and the slow march to the gallows began. Quietly, impassively, the chaplain read the burial service. I am the resurrection and the life. Lee looked around. This place was the garden he had seen in his dream. He was now standing on the platform. Quickly the hangman pushed him into the middle of the trapdoor, pulled what seemed to be a pillowcase over his head, and adjusted the rope around his neck. Everything was now in readiness. The hangman whispered to him, Have you anything to say? Lee answered, No, drop away. The chaplain had almost reached the finish and was saying, Now is the Christ risen from the dead and became the first fruits of them that slept. The bolt was drawn, and the witnesses closed their eyes, unwilling to see a man so rudely pushed into the next world. A pause. The trap had failed to work. Lee stood perfectly quiet on his tiptoes, the noose still circling his neck. No one knew quite what to do. Such a thing had never happened before. So they let him stand there for fully five minutes. One of the keepers was first to move. He took the rope from around Lee's neck and removed the hood and walked him to another part of the prison yard. The hangman and his assistants tried the trap again and again. It was working perfectly now. Lee was brought back and the whole performance was repeated, even to the trapdoor not working. By this time, the hangman was so nervous he was sobbing. The chaplain was trembling so badly he couldn't read his prayer book, and the prison guards were as white as sheets. The trap was oiled. The edges of the wood greased until it worked perfectly every time. For the third time, Lee was placed in position. Again the bolt was drawn and this time the trap moved two inches and refused to go any further. By this time no one could possibly go on with the execution except the prisoner who insisted on being hanged then or never. The chaplain insisted it was illegal to try again and Lee was hustled back into his old cell. His dream had proved true. Public sentiment, which had been against him all this time, now turned in his favour. The pressure was so strong that England's Home Secretary commuted his sentence to life imprisonment. He served for 21 years and was released in 1907. The gong strikes. My time is up. On my next visit, I'll bring you other stories. Curious tales, strange beliefs. The teller of curious tales has closed his book and about to go on his way. I'll be back again on Ghost Chronicles International with more strange stories. Sleep tight.
0: This evening, St David's Cathedral built in 1181 on that of St David's 6th century monastic settlement, will be hosting midnight mass. The service starting at 11pm, with the first Eucharist of Christmas worshippers to the cathedral can wonder at the beautiful oak and painted ceilings its extraordinary sloping floors